Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch, a special episode on the topic of sleep and why we all need to respect sleep. If you look at the eight areas of life in our framework representing health, love, family, work, friendship, learning, wealth and charity, you will notice that one topic that keeps coming up in all those areas from across all the thought leaders that we've had on our podcast is the topic of sleep. It impacts all areas of our life in a profound way. And when we look at the area of our health, that is the big circle in the middle in our higher branch framework, which is represented by four energies, and that is the physical, uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual, you will note that sleep impacts all those four energies. What we're going to do today is to rewind and give you snippets from all the thought leaders over the last two years on the topic of sleep, approached from so many different angles. All of our guests have agreed that sleep should be our number one priority. I've said at numerous occasions that sleep is your number one superpower. If there was a pill that was produced that would have the same impact on our health as sleep does, people would be paying hundreds of dollars for just one of those pills, I promise you. So all our guests approach sleep from a different perspective, but collectively it's going to give you a definitive guide. And I thought it was about time that we collected our thoughts on this very important topic and compiled it all for you. So you look back and you start piecing all of the pieces of the puzzle together to form a holistic view of the importance of sleep. If we look at the three branches on the tree of health, you have the three branches or the three pillars that make up our physical health is nutrition, of course, what we eat. Number two, movement, especially functional movement and what we call exercise. And three is reset or recharge, and that is represented by sleep. And sometimes we talk about meditation in that context. When you look at nutrition, that's fuel. When you look at exercise, that's the use of that fuel to keep the energy flow going. And then when you look at sleep, it's the recharge and it's the synergy between those three things that are super critical. Now, most of us focus on exercise and diet, but almost everyone that I speak to in the areas of health and fitness, they ignore the third most important pillar, and that is sleep. Why is it important? Even if you're an athlete or a social athlete, whether you are smashing out high-intensity interval training or Pilates or jogging or cycling, your recovery is the critical part because exercise is a stress on our body, but it's a positive stress only when we actually recover and recharge. And you guessed it, sleep is the ultimate reset button when it comes to that recharge. There are so many things that happen when we are asleep that is responsible for, one, the complete detox of all our organs to the recycling of our cells which slows down aging three the memories that we build up during the day in the hippocampus get transferred to the prefrontal cortex which makes us a lot cognitively sharper the next day 
So sleep impacts us physically, but it also impacts us mentally and emotionally. A lot of people walk around feeling like that they're anxious and overwhelmed. And as a result, they may have disturbed sleep. So they associate the disturbed sleep as a cause and effect from anxiety or that feeling of frustration or being overwhelmed, what we generally dub as anxiety. When in reality, the research shows that it is the lack of sleep that is triggering the anxiety that then causes problems getting to sleep, staying asleep. So sleep is ultimately the best reset button that you can hit. I tell people before you focus on diet, before you focus on exercise, get your sleep right and everything else will fall into place really nicely. So on today's episode, we're presenting you with all the best bits, okay, from all our guests on the topic of sleep. So to kick us off, let's jump straight into episode 45 with Luke Curie titled, How to Get a Good Night's Sleep. The simplest break is sleep. Yes, let's talk about sleep. The, yep. the conversation I talk to most chronic pain sufferers mm. when they come into the clinic is, tell me about your sleep. Now it's mindset. Yes. It's not my sleep. It's not my sleep. How do you sleep? Terribly. I'm never one to put words in someone's mouth. I'm like, How do you know it's not your sleep? Because it's my back. It's nothing to do with my sleep. Yeah. They're just looking at it from the physical. Not the emotional. This is really what the theme of this talk is about, isn't right. it? There's a relationship between the mental, the emotional, and the physical. S such a strong connection. Yes. And we've had this conversation where when I was isolated and I had more time at home, I was monitoring my HRV regularly, every yes. day. And I'd monitor my sleep and my sleep patterns. The key things out of it is when I would watch my heart rate variability drop significantly was when my sleep was out of whack and my nutrition and exercise all changed. So if we think about sleep, going through a chronotype test, I know you've spoken about this before, is go for the low-hanging fruit. You can do a chronotype test online and work out which of the four chronotypes are you. So for those who aren't familiar with the chronotype, talking from anthropology, we all weren't designed to sleep at the same time. Some sleep later, some sleep earlier, some rise yeah. later, some are more analytical in the morning, some are better at training in the morning. If we can work what resonates with our body, then it might help us to sleep more soundly. Yes. We're more yeah. productive at work. We're less stressed, example, because we're not going against what our body's trying to do for us. The other thing is just following really simple sleep hygiene advice. Don't stimulate your mind too soon before bed. Don't eat large meals before bed. I know one thing you like, Sam, is it's harder to do in winter, but in summer, eat while the sun's still up. When the sun goes down, not a great time to eat a lot of food. Also, that we talk about overstimulation before bed, watching TV before bed. I Look, I'm terrible at this, but I watch a comedy before I go to sleep, so I'm not stressed yes. before I sleep. And I've got my glasses on, which block all the blue light. They get some Oh, you, you wear the blue blockers. I okay. do enjoy the blue light blockers. So if we go back to wow. the yep. neurophysiology of this, when the blue light enters the eye and it goes through the optic nerve, there's a nuclei that sits above the op optic nerve. So it sits above, so suprachiasmatic mm -hmm. nuclei. And when this blue light is exposed, what happens is melatonin isn't released because the melatonin is what helps us to go to sleep, right? Yeah, so we get a buildup of right. adenosine, which is a hormone, which starts to tell you're tired when we no longer receive a blue light entering the optic nerve or through the Because that's how we lived previously. Yeah. Right. In ancient times, there was no electricity, no light. As soon as the sun went down, our then, body was induced into sleep. Right, because the light emitted is yeah. no longer a blue light. So we see different lights in the UV spectrum, yes. right? Yes. Which is why 
warm light is much better to have in your house than bright light. If we can at least block this blue light coming in, then what we're going to give our bodies is a better chance to then fall asleep. Yes. Because we're yeah. now we're allowing adenosine, which is a hormone which makes us tired, which builds up in our brain, and melatonin to meet at its peak at the same time. When we're talking about how we can get to sleep, putting it simply is that don't eat big meals at night. We can talk about not being too exposed to light, artificial yeah. lights. Also, reading a book before bed. Yeah, like I know Jim Quick will is say... Is that a good thing? I think it's a good thing. I know Jim Quick will say from a learning standpoint, read in the morning. Yes. And we're talking about two different things. Yes. One is some people are more analytical and will take in more information in the morning. Depends what you're reading as well. Right. Yeah. I know for me as a student, when yes. I was studying a lot, is that the more I read at night, and there's a great book, Why We Sleep, which talks about learning before sleep. Having a good night's sleep actually helps you to store that memory, what yes. you've just learned. Which means by reading before bed, you're challenging the eyes, you're getting a little bit tired, you get a little bit more tired. And then you're also doing some education. And then when you wake up in the morning, then usually you can remember what you read the night before. It bounces around in your head. Yes. So you get that as well. Yes. So I like reading before I go to sleep. A couple of other things are making sure you exercise. Don't exercise too close to bedtime. Because from a nervous system standpoint, you don't want to upregulate your nervous system. And particularly if you're like me and if you like taking some maybe pre-workout or caffeinated <laughs> workout I haven't taken that stuff. Yet. You haven't taken it? You should try it. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, if you like taking that type of stuff, don't mm. take it after midday because it will just destroy your sleep patternings as well. If you want to improve your HRV or this nervous system response, sleep is critical. Okay, thank you, Luke. Next, I want to take you to our very first episode on a higher branch, one that was recorded with Mark Bunn called The Five Health Pillars of Ayurvedic Medicine. And in this episode, you're going to learn the Ayurvedic take on sleep, sleep performance. You're going to learn your dosha type, which closely correlates with the chronotype, which we're going to talk about a little later in the podcast. But for now, sit back and listen to an incredible take on what sleep means in Ayurvedic medicine. Now, let, let's talk about sleep because this is a favorite topic of mine recently. I've been doing a lot of research just by, by listening to a lot of researchers like Dr. Rhonda Patrick and uh, who's the other guy? Dr. Matthew Walker from Berkeley University. And uh, so I'm obsessed with it. I wear this thing called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A.com. I don't have shares in the company, <laughs> but I'm a business person and I'm obsessed with data because yeah. it helps you pivot. It helps you steer your business and yeah. your life is, is very important. So it gives me a lot of sleep data as well as activity data and what have you, yep. things like resting heart rate variability, when do you step into deep sleep, REM sleep. So can you share with us some of the wisdom, Ayurvedic wisdom on sleep and why it is so critical? Yeah, absolutely. But it is in Ayurveda and Ayurveda is um, considered the oldest continuous system of healthcare in the world. So World Health Organization for thousands of years, it's had not only ancient texts but an oral tradition that sort of passed this knowledge on. And it talks about sleep as one of the absolute pillars to good health. And you think of pulling a foundation from under the house, eventually the whole house comes crashing down. So yes. all our ageing, our happiness, everything is dependent on a good night's sleep. So I think we in innately understand this, but again, the issues we do in the West is one, 
we eat a main meal late at night, heavy meal, yes. which compromises sleep number one. So that's step number well, one. Well, I, I can tell you from experience now that, that I have the aura ring, I've been experimenting. Mm. And when I do have a big meal at night, I have less deep sleep. Mm. Yeah. I, I sleep for the same yeah. hours, but I'll look at it and say, no, you only got you know 40 minutes of deep sleep, whereas we should be having an hour to an hour and a half of deep sleep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's number one. I guarantee people quality of sleep will absolutely go through the roof when they lighten up that evening meal. So we're going to bed, not hungry, the stomach's not gurgling, but we just feel comfortable that we've largely digested. Now, hang on about this because yeah. I've now, again, my friends hate me because I won't go out <laughs> for a dinner late at night. So I say, we have to book a restaurant at 5.30 and they look at me and say, what are we, 80? <laughs> And they want to book eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. I say, what are we twenty? Yeah. You know. So I'm obsessed with eating like yeah. before the sun goes down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then, if I've done a workout earlier yeah. in the day, yeah. Come eight thirty, nine o'clock, and I'm just fidgeting. I can't sleep because I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And I and then I try and work through it or sleep through it, and you can't sleep when you're hungry. No. No. Especially maybe it's a vata pita type. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do then? Well, again, and more so for the Vata Pitta types, yeah. you and me, then we yeah, definitely we don't go to bed hungry. That's not the idea to starve ourselves. Okay. But just we keep the principle in, the later we eat, the lighter we eat. And that's separate again from the whole social aspect. I get invited out for dinners all the time too and I'm at conferences. and So I generally live by the 20% rule too, that yeah. you've got to enjoy your life, out with friends, as that analogy we said, even if you eat heavier than you usually would, but you're out with your friends, you're having a drink, you're having a laugh, the body tends to digest it, you have a good sleep. Yes. But yeah, when you're at home in a good routine, slightly earlier, generally lighter, that's the way to go. But the other big thing with sleep that, again, we don't quite understand in modern science is that it's not just how many hours of sleep we get, but more important is when we get them. So Ayurveda for thousands of years has explained that the body goes through six four-hour cycles every day where it's designed to do different functions. And from around 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. is a four-hour window when the body's at its peak for its detox, rejuvenation, getting rid of impurities, everything we basically want it to do in a Western It's interesting you say that because when I showed you my sleep chart earlier... Mm. I go into deep sleep between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Mm. And then after 2 a.m., I'm getting a lot more REM sleep. Mm. So it's spot on. So if we yep. are staying up too late, we are not getting that exactly R- uh, that deep sleep. And if we wake up too early, we're not getting the REM sleep, Correct. which is also critical. What? Uh, why is So you mentioned deep sleep is critical for rejuvenation repair. What about REM sleep? What purpose does that – and what is REM sleep? Yeah. So it really comes back, it's a beautiful tie-in that you've illustrated because in Ayurveda, from 6pm till 10pm is what we call a kapha period. Okay, So everything's slowing down, nature's slowing down, our bodies are slowing down in readiness for sleep. And people often tell me, oh Mark, but I'm a night person, I function better at night. Yes, I hear that all the time. And in my book I've written about how there's absolutely no such thing as a night person. But I don't challenge them, I just say... Next time you're on holiday, do me a favour, close down your computer, turn your phone off, take the kids out 
camping somewhere, you can just go out bush without technology and I guarantee you within two or three nights you'll all be dead asleep by 8.30 and you'll wake up with the birds. <laughs> no such thing as a night person. So oh, coming back yes. to your point is 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. is a pitta period. So in the middle of the day, 10 till 2, pitta is when the sun's at its peak, which is designed to digest food. That's why lunch traditionally was the main meal of the day. Yes. At night time, 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., is when the pitta is at its peak to digest all the impurities and the armour and the toxins. Ah, it's like a yes, cleaning yes, house. Yes. So we get the midnight munchies at 12 o'clock yes. because the pitta's up. But if we're asleep, all those benefits are in sleep. So that's when our deep sleep, you mentioned. Yes. But from 2 a.m. till 6 a.m., we go into a vata cycle. And vata is movement, space and air. So it's getting ready to eliminate all the wastes from that rejuvenation cycle. Dude, this makes so much sense. So much this sense. is because science is now telling, re, really uh, reconfirming what these Indian dudes have been telling yeah. us for Beautifully thousands taught. of years. Yeah. And that's super exciting. And that's what you just said there. I did, I did not know about the cycles between the six four hour cycles, and yeah. it uh, repeats again. So 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. Yep. is the same as. 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. To 2 p.m. But yep. it's a different purpose. Different, yeah, different purpose. Yep. And yep. so really 10 p.m. is the optimal time to be falling asleep. Yeah. And that's why most people, again, are difficult in our modern business people. They're probably, many of your listeners will work till 6 or 7 o'clock at night. By the time you get home and have some time with the family and a bit of me time, that is difficult. So again, I just, practicalities. Maybe if you're going to bed at, midnight or one o'clock in the morning every night you just try and bring it back to 11 30 or 11 o'clock maybe just once or twice a week is early to bed night maybe early in the week before the meetings and the kids sports sort of back up you just yes. have a couple of early to bed nights help sink all the cycles power through the week but yeah it's a challenge but just little changes can make massive differences look i've made that change in our household mm. and one thing i want to, uh, the next thing i want to talk about ties into this and that is we've and it's what you talked about with going on to camp and see what seeing what happens. We've eliminated uh, all artificial light at night, mm. so we've replaced all our LED lighting with low lux, fantastic, uh, and dimmers. And now we've actually, the more you adjust, even that we find a bit too bright. So we're lighting mm. candles, mm. no TV. But if you do watch TV, all TVs have a setting where you can dim the mm. blue light. And, and now we've gone to the state. My daughter thinks we've gone Amish. <laughs> and, uh, but she's actually going to bed earlier now yeah. because we're playing board games, yep. we're talking, we're reading yep. books. Yep. And uh, so I've gone to the next step of getting glasses that filter blue light and mm. white light at night. And uh, I think they're called True Dark. TrueDark.com is where I ordered them from. I think it's owned by Dave Asprey. I'm not sure. And again, I don't have shares in, <laughs> in that company. <laughs> but I've ordered these um, glasses because yep. sometimes after yeah. um, dinner, we might want to watch an old uh, Seinfeld episode or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm good. a big fan of watching comedy before yep. I go to bed Perfect. to have a laugh. Yep. And they make you sleepy. So you mm. automatically start. You know, so we're going to bed now. 9, 9.30. Yeah. And we're always 11 p.m. people. Yeah. And my aura ring's confirming I'm getting more deep sleep, more REM, yeah. and I'm waking up a lot earlier and a lot more rejuvenated. Beautiful. And 
yes, you're right, uh, a lot of corporates and people like you and I almost apologetic when we're making yeah. these recommendations on stage mm. uh, because we feel like, oh, we don't want to tell these people not yeah. to perform at work. So you almost, it's a half-assed effort really. Yeah. Mm. So I thought, can you live like this and still perform at work? Mm. And I think you can because it's not about, it's not about the hours that you work it's your effectiveness at work. So I'm Absolutely. finding myself sharper, faster in meetings, yep. processing tasks a lot quicker. So it's about effectiveness. Absolutely. So we're not telling you not to work and not to go into the office and be a corporate person and you should value the privilege of helping others. But I, I don't think that telling not eating late, not eating too big at night, honouring your type, your doshas, yep. eliminating artificial light at night, getting good night... That's something we should all be doing. doesn't matter what job you have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and the, the, a couple of points on both of those things, Sam, is that eating less at night or occasionally not having dinner saves you time. It doesn't put more time into your day. It's saving you time yeah, to do other on. things. Doing the things about um, reducing blue light at night, putting some glasses on or putting different lights in your home, that doesn't take you any more time. It just changes the results that you get. And the other big one for me is that all successful business people know that their most productive and effective time of the day is early morning. Absolutely. Before the phones start going, the PAs start knocking on the door. The yep. people. And so if you can expand that quality early morning time because you're sleeping earlier, you're not sleeping longer, you're sleeping less because you're riding nature's wave, so you're getting more quality rejuvenation at yes. sleep. Okay. So you're waking up earlier more motivated to exercise, clearer mentally to structure your day, plan your day, make better decisions, and you're getting extra time to do that really strategic planning, morning routine stuff before all the demands come. So it's absolutely a win-win for business. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? And a second question, how are you feeling when you first wake up in the morning? To answer those two questions and the more important question of how do you fall asleep faster, let's go back to episode six with Alessandra Edwards. Let's listen to Alessandra. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? And a second question, how are you feeling when you first wake up in the morning? To answer those two questions and the more important question of how do you fall asleep faster, let's go back to episode six with Alessandra Edwards. Let's listen to Alessandra sleep there are more genetics behind it so i i call the genetics the morning star and the rock star and these two if you like are like the the compass in terms of our north south so that the compass because they give us the foundation of when we should sleep when we should eat yeah when we should rest when we should play and so the morning star you would know if you're a morning star because generally speaking you're someone who regardless of the schedule you will tend to wake up naturally quite early, so without an alarm. And you have been like this all your life. Now, the vast majority of people are morning stars, and they're people who generally feel very alert, mentally highly focused in the mornings. Okay. They greet the day with that you know, joyful smile. They feel good in the morning, and they find that their best work time is generally in those first you know, two to three hours after waking up. 
Now, the opposite to this then is the rock star type, which would be the more owl type. And this is very much documented in the scientific literature that there are definitely rock star types. Now, I heard Mark's podcast and it was a fantastic podcast. I really loved it so much. All his insights into Ayurveda and I I learned a lot of actually some of the things he was saying that I was not aware of in terms of Ayurveda. And I was thinking how these really relate now are being proven by, you know, by science. So... I, I agree with Mark. He was talking about that, that there are no real night types. Well, from my perspective, genetically, there are some, but nowhere as near as I see. Pretty much all my clients say, oh, I'm an evening type. And that's not true. We, we really know <laughs> from science that's not the case. So yes. rock star type might be genetically driven and you'd be the kind of person who really struggled to get up in the morning. You're always up for a lie-in. weekends you tend to indulge in that kind of oversleeping Mm -hmm. and in the evenings you have that second wind so you find that your brain from 8 p.m is really sharp and you could easily be doing work around 9 10 p.m yeah that's that's me yeah Yeah, many people are like Mm -hmm. that and mark talked about a really lovely little experiment which i share with my clients too which is to say if you ever have the opportunity to go camping Set yourself yeah. this challenge and just go somewhere in nature. And I find generally it takes about a week to completely reset. But you will know then whether your natural you know, body clock tends to be more the rock star type and yep. you still want to stay up very late in the evenings or whether you reset to the morning type. So we were talking earlier about the CEO type. Okay, mm-hmm. and often CEO types tell me that they are rock stars. Yeah, they want to stay up in the evenings. They do lots of work. They go to bed late. All these kinds of things. So, very often, once we do genetic testing, we see that they actually do not have the rock star gene. So you yeah? can the morning star. You can point this. Yeah, with you can test genetically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually see if you have these clock yeah. genes. So then we go, actually, this is more of a social reset of your circadian cycle. And so if we were to do salivary testing or blood testing in the evenings, we would see that these types tend to have high cortisol and high adrenaline in the evening. In the evening, okay. Yeah. Because it's supposed to drop in the evening. Isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. It's supposed to look like a ski slope, so high in the morning and low in the evenings, so that then when we have low cortisol and low adrenaline, our GABA goes up. And GABA is the break in the brain. So it's basically going around, shutting down all the offices in the brain and going, it's time to go to bed. Yes. So now because of the way we live very often, so a lot of mismatched exposure to artificial light, high stress levels that increase throughout the day, and particularly if someone has the CEO gene, so yeah. naturally at baseline, they will have higher levels of adrenaline, noradrenaline and dopamine. Then they think that they are a night owl. And especially in recent years, there have been so many articles in the media going, well, it is okay to be a night owl. These are just the things you need to do if you're a night owl. So then they tend to think that it's okay to foster that cycle But in reality, if you are a morning star living a rock star life, (laughs) so you're a little bit of a fraud, you are actually, even if you try and sleep longer at night, you are not going to be going through the phases of sleep architecture 
of, you know, deep sleep, REM sleep, and having those kind of four to five cycles of changes from light to deep uh, cycles at night. And so in time, this could really start accruing a deficit in your cognitive function because we know that unless we have those cycles of sleep at night, then our memory bucket does not get emptied. Uh, Can we do a deeper dive into this? Because this really fascinates me. And I like how you've segued into this because honouring your type, it takes the pressure off you. For example, a a true night owl who's been told, oh, you must go to bed early, you must wake up early to join something called a Mm 5am club or something like that. (laughs) You know, that's where all the superstars (laughs) do it. But they can't do it Mm -hmm. so they end up having insomnia because they're trying to get to bed earlier Mm -hmm. than what they should be yeah and then they're waking up earlier than what they should be yeah and they're not really getting rem sleep because you tend to get deep sleep this is what my aura ring Mm -hmm. tells me early part of the evening when you first go to sleep and you get more the rem towards the end and if you are trying to sleep or live not in accordance with your genetic type then you screw up this cycle don't you You and then the thread that's the thread yeah. right so that's why i love what you do because you give pinpoint to people what they really are and i think that's half the equation once you know what you're genetically yes. predisposed to then you can say okay now i know what to do and then you tell them what to do after that sleep is absolutely essential to maintain brain health we know that the cleaning system in the brain the lymphatic system only gets activated when we get into that full restorative deep sleep and many of my clients even by looking at their aura data do not have a healthy amount of deep sleep so what is a healthy amount of deep sleep so i I like to look at it as a percentage Mm -hmm. of the night's sleep because it depends how many people you know um, how how long Mm -hmm. someone is sleeping but overall with someone in their 40s i'd like to see at least above 20 percent yeah, so 20, 25%, someone younger, you might get 30%. And this is affected by their stress levels. Often, many of my clients enjoy a nightcap. It's the way that they distress in the evenings. So, you know, alcohol, a glass or two, absolutely alcohol, alcohol <laughs> good quality whiskey or yeah. a couple of glasses of wine. It helps them unwind because that's yeah. what alcohol is a uh, depressant. So initially it makes you feel more relaxed and it fosters a shorter onset of sleep. So for people who can't sleep, they drink alcohol, they fall asleep more more quickly. But unfortunately, alcohol then affects the sleep architecture so that you can't have really healthy levels of deep sleep. And so then you get stuck in the cycle where they're waking up feeling foggy-headed, even though they maybe they've had seven hours sleep, yes. which might be adequate for them. Yes. But they've had a lot of alcohol, so they've actually not gone into the deeper deep sleep. The brain hasn't cleaned itself at night. So the brain at night, I, I've heard you talk about this before, and this is a particular area of interest of yours, yeah. prunes itself at night. I love the, the concept of the brain gardener going around at night and chopping bits that are not efficient. How <laughs> high performance is this as a system that we have in built? And it's right, free. You don't have to take herbal supplements. Zero. You don't have to Absolutely. do anything. Nothing. You've got to do nothing. In <laughs> fact, it's about doing less, yeah. you know, not more. To, to foster this cleaning system. And well, just to interrupt you there quickly, why I, you said I focus on this a lot because I have a leadership team and our business has grown 17-fold in the last three years and I'm always mentoring my leadership team on performance and uh, 
the one thing I know that has worked like instantly is sleep hygiene and getting more deep sleep and more REM sleep. Not necessarily more sleep. Some of the tips I give them is no coffee after 12. Don't eat too late. Don't expose yourself to artificial light at night. And it works. Yes. Like they, we saw the data with their aura rings and, and they're saying, look, Sam, I'm sharper. I don't need a coffee in the morning. They're completing their tasks a lot quicker. So that's why anything that delivers that Amazing. sort of performance burst has to get my interest. Absolutely. Yeah. As you said, it's free. It's easy to understand. So you don't even need to know the science behind it to implement it. I, I might add a little funny story here, actually. I was uh, do, working yeah. with the Fortune 500 CEO at the moment and uh, we, we started working very recently and highly intelligent person and highly accomplished. We're really trying to hack the sleep. I think it is going to be a yeah. major foundational tool for his genetics. And so we were talking about sleep hygiene. So I asked him if he had, was yeah. he aware of sleep hygiene programs and what does he do? And he confidently said, yes, absolutely, I have a sleep hygiene routine. I said, fantastic. So he took me through it. And after getting home at night, having a you know good meal, then he falls asleep in front of Netflix. So he falls asleep around That's half common. 10 yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> on the sofa because that's really help, helps him distress. So he's very aware of stress being impactful on sleep uh, he was complimenting himself on the fact that just watching netflix <laughs> he feels you know, he's really distressing which is awesome he's got this awareness and then i said okay what happens next then i wake up around midnight one o'clock and i take myself to bed so then i was waiting for the next step of okay what what happens next in your sleep yeah. hygiene he goes no that's my sleep hygiene <laughs> so i just he's a very funny person you're very open and flexible so i said to him mate i think your sleep hygiene actually is crap <laughs> <laughs> and once he probably starts measuring the data then that's yeah. when the wake up call happens absolutely. i'm not actually getting any deep no, sleep you absolutely know? <laughs> and that's the thing and because uh, it's not just about artificial light it's also mark was talking about digesting emotions in ayurveda yeah i love that it's wa- how that. wonderful yeah, it's yeah. really incredible uh, when you think about it and from a scientific perspective we know that when we watch the news or we watch violent movies or action movies our levels of cortisol go up and yes. I was just saying earlier that if we have high cortisol levels and adrenaline, we cannot produce GABA, and which is the break yes. that occurs in the brain for yep. us to be able to relax and go to sleep. So all these things are, are connected. We are not separate from our environment. And even with genetics, we are not just static DNA. We're in a constant state of flux. Our bodies, our biochemistry are constantly playing this dance with the environment around us. And even though we have genetic tendencies, so some of us might have the tendency in terms of having more of a tango dance or a salsa dance or a waltz dance, at the end of the day, we're still completely impacted by the music, you know, by the environment. So these simple changes work. And you don't need genetic testing to start making these small yet highly impactful changes in your life that will yield incredible results. Thank you, Alessandra. Okay, next, let's focus on some more of the physical aspects of sleep and play episode 49 with Dr. Joseph Hakik, 
titled The Role of Sleep in Slowing Down Face Aging. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Joseph is based right here in Sydney and he is an incredible thought leader and practitioner when it comes to the business of beauty and what he calls having a tranquil face. And his take on the role of sleep is important when it comes to face aging. Take it away, Dr. Joseph Hakik. All these things also can affect the aging process. How does sleep impact well, you know, when your you, face aging? Yes. Well, when, you, when you're sleeping well, okay, yeah. in the middle of your sleep, in the rapid eye movement phase of your sleep, your body secretes all the good juices that your body needs to repair and rejuvenate. Right. When you're right. not sleeping, you're missing out on the secretions of this special hormone that your body needs to repair itself. Yeah, you know, that's why we sleep. Repair. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so when you're missing out on all these hormones, your, your face is going to suffer. Plus, when you're not having a deep sleep, you know, wake up in the morning, you're tired because nothing's working in your body correctly. You need yes. your good sleep. And so it, it, all, it all can affect you. And then chronic sleep deprivation, you look at people that haven't slept, you notice it. You notice Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The fat yeah. doesn't survive. The, the muscles are a bit more lax. Their skin a little bit dehydrated. So it does make you look more tired. Wow. Okay. So sleep is very important. Sleep is very important. We, in previous interviews, I've uh, reiterated the uh, emphasized the importance of sleep as a superpower. So forget about vitamins, forget about even food. Yes, your number I, one. Thing I agree. Is sleep, and to get more sleep, you need to get more sunshine. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. I think sleep is very important, very crucial. Thank you, Dr. Joseph. Now, I want to remind you of a quote that I once said, but in fact, it is one attributed to the Dalai Lama who said, sleep is the best meditation. And I couldn't agree more. As an avid napper on the Saturday and Sunday, I experienced firsthand what a 20-minute nap does for my energy, does for my cognitive performance, does for my mood. And I can tell you, I meditate, but when I have a nap, the impact of the nap far outweighs anything that I gain from meditation. Now, not putting down meditation, I gain a lot from meditation, but having a nap, I find, is honestly the best meditation. The following sleep snippet comes straight from number four of my top learnings of 2020 episode, which was episode number 68. And it focuses on how fixing your sleep can help you decimate your anxiety. Let's tune in and listen to that. The fourth most important learning from 2020 is that sleep is super important. You need to respect sleep. And I say coupled with sunshine, the two S's, they're coupled because you need more sunshine to improve gut health because when you have good gut health, you increase the production of melatonin and serotonin and that leads to better sleep and when it comes to sleep the two most important things that you can do is bookend your day with mental emotional hygiene techniques so the first hour of the day because it's how you start your day that it sets the tone for the rest of the day and the, the quality of your sleep depends on the quality of your day that's why bookending your day is super critical with some positive hygiene tools such as in the morning when you wake up 
Don't reach for your phone or any screen. Always start the day with rituals and positive habits. But when it comes to sleep, it's absolutely imperative that the last hour of your day is completely tech-free and is completely free of artificial light. You know, sunshine during the day and the removal of artificial light at night are probably the two most important things that you can do. Now, in the last hour of the day where I completely ban any form of technology, for myself, that is, you can still use it to phone a friend. You can still use it to socialize with someone. You can still use it to actually listen. I listen to comedies on audio because audio has a very different effect on our system than visual. Visual is highly stimulating, especially when it's coupled with artificial light. So they're the two tips when it comes to sleep. And in the year 2020, we learned how important sleep is. Because of the number of people working from home, some people were gaining between one and three hours extra in the day. What that allowed them to do is sleep more. What we found in our business is that the more people slept, and we ran you know, a survey with a few people in the office who are working from home and sleeping more, we said, how is your productivity? And we, well, we compared their productivity. They felt better, sharper. They didn't have energy dips in the afternoon. And they were much more productive, meaning they got more done in less time, which allowed them to finish work a lot earlier in the day, exercise, go to the beach, go for a walk. And all because they got an extra half an hour to an hour's sleep in the day. Now, that is a huge game changer in anybody's language. And we have the year 2020 to thank for that. Because prior to 2020, everyone was caught in what Carl Honore calls roadrunner mode, where we were just running from one distraction to the next, from one to-do list to the next. And of course, we crammed more in the day and we got less sleep. And we were caught in this negative loop of less sleep, more tired, you know, more stimulants, and less productivity than working longer hours because you had to meet the, the targets, right, that were reasonably set for you or the targets that you reasonably set for yourself. So, yes, 2020 was an, an amazing game changer when it comes to sleep, especially, I mean, for myself, when you have more energy because of more sleep, your anxiety levels drop, which means that you can sleep even better. You know, a lot of people attribute poor sleep because of anxiety. What they don't realize, it's poor sleep that actually causes anxiety. So if you can fix the sleep problem, then you fix uh, the inevitable anxieties that we all face in the world today. Okay, next. Now, let's look at episode 70, and we focus on rule number five from my eight new rules to help you succeed in 2021. And yes, you guessed it. It's a rule about sleep. Let's hear that one. The fifth rule is something that I've talked about many times on my podcast. The fifth rule is to make time to sleep more. This is the secret weapon of the highest performers. I've spoken about this on many podcasts with Alessandra Edwards, with Mark Bunn, and multiple other experts in this field about the importance of sleep. And I'm just going to leave you with a reminder of important things to get better sleep and more sleep. One is you need to find out what your chronotype, which then allows you to go to sleep at the right time that suits you and to wake up at the right time. The 4am club or the 5am club isn't for everyone. And you could be robbing yourself of important REM sleep if you wake up too early. You can be robbing yourself of important, deep rejuvenating sleep if you go to bed too late. 
So I've said this time again, but I'm going to repeat it. And that is number one, eliminate artificial light at night. At the very minimum, get blue blocking glasses. You can get it on truedark.com or you can buy a pair on Amazon. They're like 10 or $20. But the stuff on truedark.com is around $70 and I think excellent quality because artificial light at night is the biggest reason why people can't get to sleep. The other thing is eliminate alcohol late at night, eliminate large meals. And lastly, make sure you get sunshine during the day because it's sunshine that resets your circadian rhythm. It's sunshine that boosts your gut health. It's sunshine that triggers the good bacteria in your stomach to produce melatonin for a better night's sleep. And lastly, what happens during your day determines the quality of your sleep at night. So make sure you focus on the eight areas of life and have a to-do list in the eight areas of life. So by the end of the day, when you look back on what you've achieved, you have this sense of satisfaction where you feel like you've earned a good night and it's what gives you peace of mind. So number five rule, uh, sleep more or make time to sleep more. Okay, my final sleep snippet is from one of my more recent podcasts with Professor Mark Williams called How to Be Smarter Than Artificial Intelligence, where we talked about creative visualization, creative imagination, and how artificial intelligence can never copy that. And during this podcast, we dove into the inner workings of our memories and how they are actually formed at the most critical moments in our sleep. So to finish it off, let's look at sleep's impact on our brain. So what other things are good for memory and memory recalls? So sleep is vitally important. You've got to get eight hours of sleep at night. Eight hours of sleep is vital because all of your memories are actually formed during your sleep period. And most of them are formed in the last two cycles of your sleep period, which is the last two hours of an eight-hour sleep period. Is it during REM? Yeah, it's during REM, but your REM sleep is shorter in the first six times that it happens. So each of your cycles, the the full cycle takes about an hour. You do it around about eight times during an eight-hour sleeping session. For the first three or four times that you go through, your REM is quite short because it focuses more on getting rid of the neurotoxins, getting rid of um, bad chemicals in your brain and so on. And then it's the last two that it spends most of its time actually forming the new memory. So if you don't get that full time, then you miss out on forming some of those memories. And it doesn't have them for the next day. (laughs) I'm gonna show you something because what you just described exactly, that's the pattern that I go through at night. So I wear an aura ring Uh and and you'll see that most of my REM happens in the morning. Sure does. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the deep sleep happens between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., I think. In the first four hours, most of the deep sleep happens. Yeah. Most of the REM sleep happens later yeah, in the morning. That's why I'm not a fan of the 5 a.m. or the 4 a.m. club. Some of the um, motivational gurus will say, you got to get up early. I'm a mess when I get up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. because I miss out on that REM sleep. Mm. So I'm really glad you called out sleep because... That's something just like technology that is a common topic amongst all experts across the eight areas of life, whether we're talking about a couple's therapy and relationships, work performance, health and energy, it all comes back to sleep. Mm. You know? So it's a superpower for, for your brain. It is. And we also reset our emotions at night too. 
So if you've had a bad day, during your sleep is when you actually reset that and you actually come back feeling better. And again, if you don't get that full eight hours, you don't get the best of that REM sleep where you're actually resetting that. And you also come up, as I said earlier, you go through scenarios of the day. So you actually go, okay, I had a fight with my partner today and she said this, but what happens if she said that, what would have happened? Or what if I had said this, what would have happened? And so you go through all these alternative scenarios. So you learn a lot about yourself and about other people during those sleep times, which is really important for us developing our, our social cognition or our emotional intelligence, which a lot of people are missing out on because they're on devices at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night before they go to sleep, which means that they're looking at that blue light which interferes with their melatonin and their ability to actually go to sleep. So they don't sleep as well. So you don't get those deep sleep at the beginning. So then you can't go into your REM sleep later on. So yeah, yes. it's yeah, it wrecks that whole system, which is not great. So we need to get rid of the devices at nighttime. I read a book. Books are fantastic for putting you to sleep, especially if you read a bad book. <laughs> it'll put you to sleep very well but yeah no reading books is great for going to sleep and also you remember in backwards order so you remember what you learned just before you fell asleep yes and then you go backwards so you remember best what you learned just before you go to sleep um, and everything else so if you you know watch youtube videos of cats or whatever that's what you're going to lay down first yeah whereas if you've read something meaningful if you've read a book on the Dalai Lama or something that's what you're going to lay down first and that's what's going to have the biggest impact on your next day you also want to be reading stuff that's meaningful and some stuff that's going to have a positive impact on you awesome okay I hope by now you can see why all the incredible thought leaders I speak to every week are really focused on sleep it seems to be a panacea to all our ills. It can rejuvenate our bodies. It's a detox for the mind and helps reset our emotions so we don't get caught into a cycle of frustration, feeling overwhelmed, which leads to anxiety. So if you want to go back to any of these episodes we played today, I have mentioned the title or episode number at the beginning of each snippet. So you can easily head to Spotify, Apple Music or whatever podcast streaming app you use and you can look it up there. And it's also in the description of today's episode. So click on the more details in your podcast streaming app and you will see the timestamp and the reference to each episode number. So until next time, my friends, I hope you continue to respect your sleep, get more sleep, which I find helps you live more consciously. 